Hi, welcome to Here to Then, hosted by Carolyn Takeda, former attorney, current small groups pastor, and life coach. Through monthly conversations with pastors, authors, and guests, we hope to stir your thoughts and encourage you to move from where you are to where you want to be in your personal life, in your leadership, or in your ministry. Hi, welcome to Group Talk. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Carolyn Takeda, your host and the Executive Director of Small Groups at Calvary Community Church in Westlake Village, California. Well, about five or six years ago, I was hanging out at a conference with a bunch of small group pastors, several of whom were national speakers in the small group world, um, and they were from a variety of churches and different areas. And we started to talk about this growing trend back then, about five years ago, it was a growing trend toward online small groups. And then things got really heated because some people believe that this is a great flexible option. It makes groups more readily available um, to everyone. And others were adamant that virtual community is not real community. And it creates shallow connections without the benefit of an authentic life-on-life true relationship. And so after debating it for a while, it was very... Uh, fascinating and also feisty because what I realized was that people are passionate about this topic because it reveals what we as small group ministry leaders believe is essential for community um, and by extension to small groups ministry. So I know these types of discussions have been happening around online groups for the last few years and given the rapid increase in accessibility of technology, online church, online groups, this is only growing. Um, so it's time to kind of address it and look at, you know, it's not just for large churches either. Technology has made it so much easier and affordable for smaller churches to get on board with the online platforms um, and develop online groups. So I think the conversation maybe has shifted from whether we should even have online groups to how do we do that? How do we start them? How do we do it well? How do we incorporate the best elements of community? So we're going to explore these issues today on the program, as well as practical tips on how to get started, both from the tech side and the ministry strategy side. And so on the program with me today is Jay Cranda. Hi, Jay. Thanks for joining us. Well, thanks for having me on. Well, Jay, I needed an expert and a young expert for this. Jay is the online campus pastor at Saddleback Church in Lake Forest, California since uh, 2012. And um, Saddleback is one of the early adopters of the online campus model, and they've been doing this well for a number of years. Um, so he's a great resource to talk about this. So as I understand it, Jay, um, the online campus at Saddleback brings in over 20,000 people every week. That means they're streaming to watch the services. Is that what you mean by online campus? Yeah. So we, we have found that we used to be, uh, we used to define it just on our website. And now I think as platforms grow, that's variety of ways now people are watching on our website, on our apps, on our Roku, on our Amazon Fire, YouTube, wow. variety of different ways now. So I think with every passing moment, that kind of gets very broader of however they they consume the content. So yes, so that, that, that's online in a variety of different ways. And what really impressed me was that 40% of your 1,800 small groups um, that are part of your online campus are all online and not just in homes. I mean, that is like a thousand plus online groups that you oversee, um, which is yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah. We, we've had an, uh, an explosion in the last couple of years in, in Saddleback. You know, a big thing early on was there wasn't really uh, nobody, it was, no, it was nobody's primary job to focus on, I would say, like the strategy of, of online to offline leveraging this community. And we had multiple people doing multiple things. And a couple of years ago, when, um, when we had the opportunity to really focus and really, really start to really dive into what does it look like to incorporate the online outreach into our overall strategy, um, we started to test online groups. And there's a lot of people before me that's kind of had first iteration 
variations of it. And by the time I showed up, I got the benefit of, 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 of really of all this hard labor that had been done and a lot of energy and a lot of forefront stuff that people had figured out. And we started to test online groups and we just realized that if you just provide easy next steps, stuff that we do in our churches every week, I don't, it doesn't matter how big or small you are. You just say, Hey, why don't you get connected? We did the the same thing to our online viewers. Hey, why don't you get connected? And we started to have a huge response and that created problems and opportunities and all sorts of things, but people started to engage. And that's one of the reasons why we have so many groups today. Wow. Okay. So there's a lot to unpack in that. And I want to encourage our audience to just hang with us. Um, Jay hosts a podcast called Social Media Church. He's got um, an online course around social media for nonprofits. So he's well, well versed in this. So you're going to have to talk like a normal person, Jay, <laughs> and kind of break it down for us. So, so let's think about this. So what are the primary benefits, you think, of having online small groups? Well, um, I think one of the primary benefits is uh, to engage people where they're at. You know, it's kind of we are a, a, a big advocate at Saddleback to you know go where people are meeting. It's kind of like you know it's it's the it's the idea that Jesus went to the tax collector's home, and a lot of times you wait for them to show up at your church, but. Um, a lot of times, you know, people aren't in a place where they're ready for that. And or you, we are always trying to think creatively, how do we make it easier for people to take their first step? Uh, we talk a lot internally, even on the small groups team, this idea of crawl, walk, run. And um, um, the idea is what, what is a crawl step? And, you know, Jesus did this with come and see, come and die, where he started with the disciples with a simple step, come see. And then later, wasn't until after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection that eventually they realized they needed to die to themselves and you had this full commitment. And so with online groups, I think this is just a uh, this generation uh, reaching millennial and younger. Um, and even in our context, it's really not a generational thing. We ha- I have people in their 40s, 50s, and 60s that are part of my online community. And it's just another way to reach people um, that would never step foot in your campus, that you're able to give them a kind of a first phase kind of experience of what church or community is. And we do, we do not, um, and I'll say this very clearly to anybody who um, is, is listening and engaging, and you can definitely hit me up on Twitter. I would love to engage one-on-one if there's anything you guys are dealing with at your church. Um, but we provide it as kind of a taste of what being part of physical community could be like. And so online groups fit kind of this in-between need of, of, of cross-step. And then our hope is, and we, we think very strategically about it, where we say, okay, you've been in an online group for a little bit. What's your next step? Hey, why don't you do what you've done online? Why don't you do it in your home with other people? And that's why our online groups are constantly going down and our physical groups. And that's why we have 60% of groups that meet at home under my community and 40% are online because I'm always looking at trying to get that smaller. And I want them to eventually take another step, um, depending where they're at in their faith, to start one physically. That's a great um, process. Let me ask you this. So then the online groups aren't just because people are physically, geographically located too far from your campus to go to a home group. You're saying it could, they could be like right in Lake Forest where Saddleback is located, but for whatever reason, their first uh, step towards community is going to be in through that online um, group instead of a physical one because it's a lower threshold. I mean, that that's, makes sense, right? Yeah, and, and you know, it, there's all varieties, and I think with anybody who's been doing small groups, you know this when you start talking to your host and ex- talking with your, ex- your, your small groups, that there's all sorts of things that are happening in different groups. I have online groups. Primarily, a lot of my local groups are actually people that are hosting a secondary group, and they want to do the study with somebody who has moved away, maybe a sibling, a relative, um, a, a child, 
um, they do it kind of, they're able to connect. And so a lot of times it's like, oh, I wish I can do this study with my, my cousin, but they're in another state and they will host a secondary oh, okay. group to reach that individual. Or we have, we have parents and kids who do it when their kids are away from college. Maybe they want to do one of our specialty studies together and they'll use our platform to engage with each other. And so a lot of times it's, the, our, we we have some local groups, but the majority of those are are, are more mature believers that are using it as kind of a, an evangelism tool. Oh, that's cool. Okay, well, of course, there's the obvious advantages. Um, you, there's time constraints. You don't have to commute, which is a yes. big deal in in some of our areas. Um, you don't have to worry about childcare. Yeah. Um, there's you know what are the other um, advantages you think of having it online? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely. I I, I think it's. A lot of times what I have found is uh, when I'm talking to individuals, a lot of times we know the importance. People that are followers of Jesus know the importance that you can't fulfill God's purposes by yourself. You need other people. You need to be challenged and so forth. Um, but to the new believer, a lot of times they're not understanding how important that is, and they're not able to pri- pri- uh, pri- uh, make that a propriety. Uh, I can't even— I'm Priority. Thinking, I'm thinking about the technology <laughs> word, proprietary. Um, um, this is my world. Um, and so they're, they're not thinking about that. And so they might not, you know, reserve a Thursday night or a Tuesday night sure. and get childcare and all that. And so I found that it tends to be a little bit more flexible for them to kind of get in at first, you know, give them a first taste. And so we also have people that are, uh, we have a lot of uh, disability mm-hmm. uh, individuals that are able to do this. We have a lot of people that maybe just had new kids. And they're in a season where they, you know, it's chaotic. We have people that are work the night shifts and they're not able to make a normal time. I I have, I have one individual, Richard, who's actually part of my leadership team. He lives in the UK and he is, um, he is a security guard and he works every, uh, every night. And the way it works out is he works night and, uh, the, the Sunday morning shift and he Uh, never could go to church because of, He's just trying to get bills paid, and he pretty much hosts now a group Saturday mornings, an online group, and we, he has people from all around the globe. And so it kind of hits the demographic of people that we kind of don't naturally think of, and right. they're like the, the fringes, but you're able to still provide right. an experience for them. And ultimately, you know, you want them to take a next step so that they can. And so maybe some individuals, it's like, I need to rearrange my schedule. So that this is a priority, but by experiencing an online group as a first taste, it's like, okay, I can see why this is important. That's great. That's a great reason. Okay, let's talk about what some of the disadvantages might be um, to an online group. I mean, the first obvious one would be, you know, presence is an essential component of community. So how, how can we be present with each other? You know, and have that kind of the, all the body language, the, you know, if you're suffering through something, someone's crying, you can't really put your arm around them. You know, how do you kind of have that presence when you're through a screen? Yeah, I mean, th- this one is getting easier and easier by every sure. moment that passes when people, <laughs> uh, you know, recording something like this and as we connect um, video, you know, I, I think for us, what we do is that we put a high bar to try to make all of our groups video based. Um, because that makes it easier. We don't make it a requirement because what I have found is some of our groups are very comfortable with uh, text back and forth. Some are very comfortable with some do group phone calls, some do video calls. And so for us, we make a high priority. Hey, we would love for you to do video all at the same time. And so, and at the same time, I would say on, on a similar experience, it's just like I said earlier, it's getting more familiar and more uh, familiar for people to be able to have connections um, from far away. And video does give you the luxury to do that more and more. Um, so for me, 
I always see, we try to model both in the stories we tell and uh, the people we elevate as volunteers, those who are doing it excellent. And our prayer is, and what has happened is that that DNA starts rubbing it off on all of our groups. And so, and once you see it done well mm-hmm. and, um, you, and you start hearing the stories, then you start, your guard kind of goes down and you're like, okay, this is possible. Um, and you got to be careful. You, you have to have secure, you have to make sure that you are, are monitoring those groups. You got to make sure there's the right things are happening and all the proper, again, I am a small groups pastor and I always tell people, I'm just, I have an online venue to get people connected. So most of my stuff is, I know if, if I can move somebody online into an online group or a small group in their home, if I can get them around other people, no matter how that is, I know that faith starts becoming more familiar to how New Testament faith is done. And so, it you know, you don't really think about like where you met that person. You think about how you interact. And sure. so, um, yeah, I, I, I latch on to how, how, how uh, empowering it is and how you're able to do community. Um, and we just encourage the right type of community. And we do that with the stories we tell, the people we put in leadership roles. And that rubs off and people start having real experiences. Do you find, though, that accountability or vulnerability is harder online um, or easier? What's been your experience with that? Because, okay, here's what I'm thinking. You know, on Facebook, um, there's this whole perfectly, you know, your, your life perfectly curated. <laughs> so there's this whole braggy aspect about it. Um, people's life on social media is not necessarily their, their reality. Does that kind of phenomenon carry over into an online group where because you're not living with people, you know, day after day. So, Jay, if you and I were in an online group, we live, you know, 100 miles apart from each other. You wouldn't know what I'm presenting to you because um, you don't see me on Sunday. You don't see how yeah. I am with my family. Doesn't that limit um, what accountability you could have because you could kind of fake your way through the group? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I definitely understand it. And those same questions happen in physical groups. That people show up and don't talk, people don't show up for a couple weeks, and there's no follow up. I mean, as somebody who has um, has over a thousand small groups I'm meeting homes, and also uh, you know uh, you know seven hundred plus online groups, I see the same issues happening online and in homes. Okay, um, it's the same thing. We have this conversation internally, and and as a church and, and me individually, I, I think about this a lot because I'm part of a me and my family. We go to a to a, a campus here, and that's how we experience church. And so, for me, I definitely know the value, and that would be the primary way I want people to interact with each other. And that's what I want for all. It gets a little problematic when not everybody can do sure. that, and there's all sorts of reasons. So, I would say you always have your your primary target. It's it's almost like um, I we talk about this this idea is that you know nobody strives to be the thief on the cross that you know to to meet the bare essentials to go into eternity with God. Uh, everybody strives to be a Paul or obviously even Jesus, but we know what the bare essentials are to give them a taste. And so that's where online groups fit this in between. And our hope is it's a catalyst um, to drive them to, to take an even deeper step. And so it's more about the potential out of it. And so I see, yes, I, I see people, I, I've seen that happen where people hide, but I also know the really good online hosts go deeper and they follow up and they chat. And so our primary groups, they're meeting online video and they're chatting and then they have one-on-one conversations with each other. They have accountability partners okay. and then they'll even plan trips together. 
Um, they'll do miss they'll they'll, uh, they'll we've seen groups where they'll plan hey let's all go to a Saddleback campus together and they'll plan their vacations and they'll go and that starts a whole nother thing we'll have groups that that's that, cool that will do mission projects in their community and come back and talk about it we just went through this miracle mercy campaign and I, I got to hear about uh, groups online that were handing out uh, uh, bags to the homeless in each of their communities so they did it eat they talked about it went off executed came back and talked about their experiences. And so it's, you know, for me, I, I see the potential and I know there's going to be a 5%. It's the same way the 5% happens in our, in our local small groups that there's going to be some individuals that, um, you know, you're going to need to be a little bit more, you know, like you're going to have to ask the deeper question and you're going to, Hey, sure. hey, let's, let's not do this. Let's do this. It's the same thing. Um, you know, this idea of uh, with our online church where people watch online, it's like, isn't it easier for somebody to float? Well, as somebody who goes to a, a large church, I know a lot of people that kind of step in the back and they yes. watch and they go. Now, they are ignoring a lot of, they're ignoring people that are like shaking their hands and the next step. But I know, you know, we talk, it takes them a couple times and on the third time, you know, most likely they're going to be ready to engage. And so I just see it as an outreach and we provide easy next steps, not only for them to go deeper, but also for their group to get healthier. And that's where training and so forth sure. can help aid that. So it's interesting. So I, I, the part that intrigues me is is what you just said, that it's uh, the levels of accountability or vulnerability, all of the growth stuff is not that different in an online group as is in a regular. Because we all do know in small groups ministry that really a lot of it rises and falls on the leader and their intentionality. Um, and I love what you said, that you don't just kind of end with the online group meeting, just like you wouldn't end with a home group meeting, but you have those one-on-ones, whether they're by text or chat or some other more tech method than a phone call. Um, but there's the same sort of leadership stuff you would do as a regular small group leader you just happen to meet um, on the screen. So I think that that does help. And in some ways, I've read articles that talk about how people are actually more intimate sometimes and more vulnerable online because it feels safer. Um, And I don't know if you've experienced that, but I could see if that's their first step, that might be a, um, a good venue for it. Yeah, and, and I think a lot of it comes down to there's generational stuff. There's also sure. like learning style aspects sure. to it. And so that's why... Um, I would not say online groups are for everybody. And, and I have told people that um, when people try to get connected. I'm like, you know what? You're probably, you know, first off, if you're having a hard time using your computer. If, <laughs> then if it's you not get, for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, that, and that's where we have to be very clear. Um, we often do something, um, you know, if you're at our church, you would never know this. But, you know, this is something that I think if you're leading at a church in any level, you're probably aware of this, that there's definitely – if they're in the midst of in the midst of some kind of high care scenario, we definitely prefer to get them into something physical. So if if they just lost a loved one, sure. a child, a Got divorce, divorced, yeah, yeah, we we make it. If they're a high level care, then I am very strategic of like you know, mo- there's a high likelihood that maybe this isn't what you should be doing right now. Now there's all it might be, but I'm just very particular on. The way you're wired, both in learning style, personalities, technology preferences, you know, I just think there's a lot of individuals, and I am one of them, that I have found more and more of my relationships are primarily are strengthened from technology. So my small group I'm part of, we have a group text message that we talk and text constantly. We're, we're texting this this week. We weren't going to meet. Uh, we can't meet because we don't have a babysitter, and we're trying to figure out what right. to do. 
And so we have found that our group is strengthened by that because we are all in that 20 something kind of demographic. And I have found it's, it's, it's just, it's a very natural way for us to connect with other people. And it's the way we learn. And that's why if it's not your thing, don't force it. But I think that's where you got to, like, I would just, I would have a conversation with anybody. It's like, okay, who in your church, um, maybe could, this could be a great way to expose them and challenge them and also be an outreach. And so, and especially thinking about, because regardless of how you do, if you do online groups or not, it's kind of a a bigger philosophical question of how do you integrate uh, current technology into your strategy of reaching your community, also developing those who are attending your church. So this is just one of those ways that we have integrated that into our kind of concentric circle model. Yeah, so that's a great segue. So when should a church consider starting online groups? What are some signs like for us to look for to say, hey, it's it's time to jump on? Yeah, I, I, I think for, for any church, once you start doing, once you've figured out how to do small groups well in your own context, I mean, like once you've integrated small groups in a healthy way, you understand expectations of a host, you understand how to onboard and get a group healthy, once you under, once your community understands that. I don't, I think... Online groups are like a phase two, phase three for. So you a don't church. you don't start that out as your first small group model. I wouldn't because um, it's it's just there's a lot of extra things you have to do. I think with anything, it's like you know it's kind of like a minimal product launch. You just want to get it off the <laughs> ground. You know what I mean? You don't want to overcomplicate your process. Integrate small groups. Do the same thing. You be part of a small group. Your church start figuring out and figure out how to do it well. And then the second phase or third phase, figure out, okay, could we experiment with online groups? And what I mean by that is, um, do you have a portion of your community, once you start, once you have groups going on, do you have a portion of your community that are really, as when you jump on Facebook, are very active, or maybe Twitter or Snapchat, and you see there's a portion of your congregation that are super active on social media, and maybe they lean a little bit younger. And, and, I, and that that's a very broad way because i think tech, technology is, is so neutral now it's it's less about age um and it's just it depends if, if you're an avid learner or not so my kids yeah. my you know my my kids my i have a five and a three-year-old and you know they've they've had an ipad their entire lives and and they're gonna be way more you know user friendly to this and so for for any church i would say if you see your church you're doing small groups well and then you start seeing you're seeing a younger demographic that is really engaged with technology. What I would say, and, and you can see that on Facebook and usage and so forth. I would say, I would, I would say, ask the question: Should we experiment with online groups? And I would start with Facebook groups and see if you can do some kind of Facebook group experiment to see the type of engagement and and, uh, and type of community can come out of that. But a Facebook group can't be. Um, you can't have a group meeting through Facebook, can you? No, you can't. But what I what I would say is like Facebook groups. What I love about Facebook group is that the Facebook group becomes your uh, patio experience. And oh, so okay. start start a Facebook group, and it's kind of like here's our patio experience, and then once a week post a link to your live experience. And so the idea, add everybody to your Facebook group. So it's like it's you know Joe Smo Church Facebook group on Wednesday nights, (laughs) and the idea is every week. We po- okay, every week on Wednesday, I'll post a link to our Zoom.us link to meet or, 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 or Skype or a Google Hangout. And the idea is the Facebook group becomes like it's your constant activity room. It's, it, it's, your, it's your activity room. And then every week, you post a link to your, 
your live event and the and so and then what you can say in the live event is you go hey by the way I'm going to post three questions this week on the Facebook group respond to that and we'll meet next week and we'll talk about that and so the idea is that that becomes a kind of your living your 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 patio experience and then your worship experience um, is your live link that you post every week and everybody meets there. And let's talk about what um, platform is best for that live link and how many like how many people would you recommend for an online group? I, I would honestly I would do the same thing that you would do with any of your local. Okay. So what it, whatever you set your expectations, a lot of people do this a lot of different ways. Uh, we model small groups, you know, should be, you know, any between eight and 12, yes. 12 is, you <laughs> know, classic. Yeah. Eight and 12, 12 is I, you know, 12, even that gets a little big. I have a small group with, uh, with, uh, 10 and it's, it's well, because we all have kids. So it gets a little crazy. So like, even that it's like, we're right at the threshold. So I, I for me, the same expectations that you have with your local groups, uh, put those same ex- and I would say, uh, responsibility rules everything. It's replicate your process. The only thing is your meeting space. Your meeting is not going to happen at home. It's going to happen on Facebook or however you choose, um, and then whatever technology you choose to do on top of that. And so um, we we uh, we have what we do at Saddleback is that we provide a base way to access video content, our small group studies from anywhere. And so our platform is chat based, text based, and then it's. Uh, you get online access to our video content. So anybody anywhere can at- watch week one of a study. And then what I do, I come alongside and I say, use whatever video software you want to meet in real time. And so I recommend Zoom.us. I recommend Google Hangouts. Um, I recommend um, I, I recommend uh, go to my PC, go to meeting. I, I have just found as somebody who's been doing this for uh, four years is that everybody – your your meeting software is kind of like your language. Everybody has their preference. <laughs> like, you okay, just, what's like, what's your favorite? Your favorite Zoom? I love Zoom, but uh, Zoom costs money. Zoom does cost money. So, but the first forty five minutes are free. So you just have to hang. Out. So you get now you get a deep conversation. Oh, oops! Yeah. Forty five minutes, yeah. we're done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that so that's the thing is that like I like Zoom so much. You know, I pay for it, but that's the thing is that. It's um, it's kind of that's the preference, and so I I really like Zoom. Skype introduced this a while back. Is that what you can do? Is that on Skype or Zoom? And and most platforms now do this. Is that you can um, the host can uh, share their screen and play a video. And so the idea is that you could get together and watch um, together and watch it together. Really easy. So it's really seamless. Um, you can with Zoom. They do provide churches for those who want to take next level. We don't do this. Um, but you can buy rooms like direct links. And so you can like you, your church essentially could spend like 10 bucks a month and buy a, a, a link. And the idea is that you can lease that link to anybody. That's so incredible. you can, you can like book the link and they treat it just like a meeting room. So it's just like, this is an imaginary room that you, anybody. So I know churches that have done online groups that they'll buy like three links or four links, and the idea is that they have these four online rooms, and they 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 schedule groups, and that's and so, through Zoom. And that's through Zoom. I know. Um, I talked to the guys at Triple X Church. Um, um, they've done st- stuff like that, where they have cool. where they do support groups um, for those struggling with porn, and they did that where they just bought it and they rebranded it. And so the idea is that, like, hey, you're going to use this room between Wednesday from this time to this time, and so that way you can then share that. And so th- those are some. 
strategic things, but I would just use Google Hangouts or Skype. Those are basic ways um, for people. And plus, there's so many free tutorials on how to let your host know how to do it. You know, you can just like Google it and say, hey, here's a Here's the thing. Here, here's how to use Skype. And um, but the share your screen is key. If they have a share your screen, then you can all watch the video together right. and then talk about it. So the Google Hangout um, is one of the downsides of that is that it's limited to ten, right? Or is that yeah. changed? Okay, so I, yeah, I'm I'm not sure of the the most up to date. I don't really personally. I don't love Google Hangouts. I think it's a little <laughs> wonky, and it's you know it's kind of like the same way I feel about Google Plus is the same way I feel about Google okay, Hangouts. So the the small group network communications team uses Google Hangout, by the way, but we I, don't. Uh, we, we don't have up to 10 i just want to tell you your your people like it uh, <laughs> that was a you're gonna get me in trouble I, now i'm gonna get you in trouble now they all heard this and uh. we actually have used it and it's been fine but i know the limitation is a thing and but what's nice about google is that it's a familiar name and i think especially for the older generation people like me um, it's an easier on-ramp than something else okay i have to ask you about this thing called uvu because someone on our facebook group asked about it uh, and they said they liked that I, I don't know what that is. Uh, say it again. Uvu? Uvu. I don't see. This is the thing. Like, you can't even keep up with I like. I thought you are an expert, Jay. I'm so no, disappointed. No, I, I am. No, 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 no. There, I, you know, I'm excited to see, like, as uh, the live stuff gets more integrated in Facebook and so forth. Like, I know people that were experimenting using, like, Facebook Live as a way to, like, uh, to, to connect with people or, like, um, or Periscope and the way that, like, you could, one person could talk. And then it could spur on conversation in the group. And so there's so many cool ways to harness this. But I think for any church, so for your church, if you wanted to just put, dip your feet in the water, you can have Facebook groups and then you can, you can use Google Hangouts or Skype and then you just provide video content for them to access. You don't even need video content. Really, what you could do is that you could set up a, a weekly email and you send them three questions based off the weekend sure, message sure, and they could sure. just talk about it. Or and if so, they have their own books, study guide books um, that they could do offline and then talk about it online. Exactly. Um, so it's And I, I really like that. That really simplifies it. I think what's overwhelming if you've never done online groups, the overwhelming piece is the technology and it's like now, it's as you said, mm-hmm. every day it's becoming more familiar to us um, and that helps. We're starting to run out of time and I really want to ask you the, the last couple of questions questions. Um, what about the ministry side? Okay, so let's say we have the tech figured out and we go with, you know, one of the one of the main platforms. Um, on the ministry side, do you find yourself looking for a different kind of leader or host than you would for a, a physical group or not really? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely benefit if they're more of a digital native, like, like they're more comfortable with technology. Um, I think it's harder to uh, make, to onboard somebody who maybe is not bad with technology but struggles with it because I think there's some things that you have to just be comfortable with. And so um, I tend to look for that individual a little bit more. But I think I, I we have just seen at Saddleback with our groups, you get a group of people that know each other regardless of what platform you pick or how they meet. If you just get give them the ability to go through some material, they'll figure out how to meet. And that's, you know, it's almost like get out of the way. And so <laughs> it's it's like, yeah, I have some preferences, and some of those preferences um, you can get beyond. I tend to really gravitate towards those preferences if I'm like if I want them to be on my leadership team more. And so that's where I say, you know, you, this is you got to be a little bit more comfortable because at the end of the day, the only reason why we have 1,800 small groups is because you know I got some amazing volunteers sure. that have like scaled this and care about it, and have vision, and those individuals tend to be have to. Sit, 
meet some of those criteria. But I'm not really looking for any of those things if you just want to take a step and host. And so um, it's just, and that more speaks to our church and right, and, right. and and greater how 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 amazing we do groups. So yeah, and it yeah. doesn't matter. I mean, it's going to be the same, same issues of yeah. people that have that kind of heart and skill. Yeah. Um, uh, as far as asking people into the groups, do they self-populate, or is are you sending them people? Yeah, so the so I would say probably eighty percent of our groups um, self-populate, and then twenty percent are us plugging people into their groups. Um, the problem with plugging people into groups, and I would just say a barrier, is that you know it takes two or three times to try out a group before it really is a right fit, and that same thing is true online. Okay. And so, um, and so for us, I have I have found I think anybody who's done small group ministry on any level has just you know plugging people into groups. Um, sometimes it's just there's risk in that, and you sure. want to make sure that's a good experience. And so some of those same barriers that happen locally happens online. Um, it, it is a little easier because they can usually join the group pretty quickly. And so we have a group finder, and um, you know we have rules that you know, you're know you not listed in the group finder until we're verified you and you're a member of our church. And so um, we— So same we, thing for online groups. Yeah, same things for our online groups. And so I have a whole team— um, that is responsible for plugging into groups. And, um, you know, I, I do think that we get to be, we have the luxury because, uh, and this is interesting, I've noticed that this just in the last couple of years, this distinguishing myself is that with the online community, because my first touch is with them digitally, they're more likely to respond to me quicker. Oh, that's nice. Be- you know what I mean? So like the idea is that they've emailed me or called me sure. and they're more like, they're more likely looking for my email where like if I meet somebody on the patio and I plug them in, when I email them, that might be a new connection that they're yes. in, they're not familiar with, and so I I tend to I feel like it's a little easier for me to digitally it's to get responses digitally because that's just that's where they first met me and that's mm-hmm. their communication point moving on and so um, yeah yeah that's a big plus if they respond um, yeah. and I guess you know let's just let's land on this one I love what you've said earlier about moving people online and their baby steps um, to maybe to offline and you guys are very intentional about doing that um, what's the key to that that piece yeah, yeah. and so um, you know we want to move people online to offline um, uh, by hosting a group in their home I know that if I can get somebody in a home with other people and I'm talking to the choir here with this <laughs> of course network here, <laughs> but if I know if I can get other people other people around them that's healthy and so the way we use our online services is that we have a service we we have a, a window of our door our church front door is open 24 7 online and anytime you can experience our service and the idea is that that is a continual way that we are inviting them to take a next step and so and in our process, if they take a next step, we provide them a way to get into community. And one of those steps in between is we say, hey, you can either start a group online or join a group online, or you can start a group in your home or join a group in your area if there's an option. And so for us, the key is we just we think strategically like any church does. We just think strategically about the things we ask online. And so I would say um, when you're doing services online when you're putting your video content uh, on YouTube and Vimeo and on Facebook however you're doing it makes sure, like think about like doing an intro on the front on front end or a close and say hey by the way thanks for watching that by the way do you oh, want to get connected to our group and so we've done that and we've just crazy stuff has happened where when you ask them even you know let's say if you got 20,000 people we ask and we get a thousand responses that's huge and so yeah. um, we've just done that the last four and five plus years of doing our online community and and again it's not there's been so many people volunteers and right. leaderships right. and a lot of vision at Saddleback that has got us to this place but we just started to make that ask 
on our digital uh, items. And we started to see responses and that developed into our online community. And I think that's really the key. I mean, to the debate I said um, that I was engaged in many years ago, the key really is that the online community is not an end in and of itself. Yes. It's really the way you're describing it. It's really um, another... Um, pathway that helps people get in and get connected and get in community um, but it's and it's so that you continue to move along that path of spiritual development um, and that makes a lot of sense for that so thank you so much Jay is there any final thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners yeah I, I would say this is just like a, a freebie for those who are listening um, searchable.church searchable.church the, uh, there's a, an organization that just started to help churches uh, get Google grants free. Um, so searchable.church will get your church, if you're an official uh, nonprofit, um, you can get $10,000 a month of free ad money to promote your church on wow. Google. And so uh, it used to take, you had to go through this verification. It's a little messy. I've done it. I've done it at Saddleback. I've done it through another nonprofit that I'm a part of. It's free money to advertise on the sidebar on Google Search. And um, searchable.church, now this free this ministry now, helps churches get on there free and will manage it for you for free. So searchable.church, if you're thinking about online community, I don't even care. Just do it. So, <laughs> Well, so. that's worth listening for the whole 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just for that last nugget. I, I'm definitely on it. I wrote it down. I'm going to like, go tell our communications person yeah, as soon yeah, as we're yeah. done. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jason, thank you so much. Um, he Jay is a digital citizen, so he's on Twitter um, at Jay Cranda. He's got um, jaycranda.com as well as Social Media Church, and he's got free articles and podcasts and stuff on there. And also, um, Jay is part of our small group network Facebook page. And so feel free to um, ask questions there, interact with each other, and no question is, is dumb. So feel free to ask him tech questions, strategy questions, whatever you'd like, and see um, how he can be helpful to you. So thanks so much for for helping us understand the digital world a little better and um, not be as as frightened by it because um, this is where we live. And so kind of to chime in, I'm excited to, to try some out some of these ideas. So thank you for uh, listening to Group Talk. God bless you, Jay. And see you next time. Yep. Thank you for listening to Here to There, part of the Group Talk Network of Podcasts. If you like what you've heard, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. If you want to learn more, make sure you check out smallgroupnetwork.com for more resources.